2: Tales from the Vault is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio.
3: We're on to the divisional round of the NFL playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any team. That's just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code dk ONE and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just 5 bucks and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code DK1 for 56 to 1 odds at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. 21 plus minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See draftkings.com/sportsbook for the full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the TN red line, 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369.
4: America's most reliable network is going ultra with Verizon 5G ultra wideband in more and more places. With up to 10 times faster speeds, you can download a movie in mere minutes. Wait, what? Yes, Verizon is going ultra, so you can too. 5G ultra wideband available in select areas. Most reliable based on rankings from the Root Metrics US Root Score report dated first half 2021, excluding C band and not specific to 5G networks. Your results may vary. Not an endorsement. Speed comparison to median Verizon 4G LTE speeds. Downloads vary based on network conditions and 5G content optimization.
2: I'm Pro Football Hall of Fame journalist Andrea Kramer, and welcome to NFL Films Tales from the Vault. This is a weekly podcast where you'll get to hear raw, unedited conversations that have never been heard before in their entirety, between the legendary Steve Sable and some of the greatest players and coaches in NFL history. This show, it's like a time capsule. It takes you back to a specific period in a player or coach's career. Now, Steve interviewed hundreds of the game's most important figures in his five decades as head of NFL Films. And as you'll hear, he would ask them anything. So today, we head to Mississippi, where Steve met up with a then 26-year-old Brett Favre. On July 1st, 1996, Steve Sable traveled to Kill, Mississippi. Current population, 2,319. To interview Brett Favre for the first time. At this point in his career, Favre had just completed his fourth season in Green Bay. He was coming off the first of three consecutive MVP awards, yet he still hadn't won the Super Bowl. He was young, electric, and personified fun both as a person and in his playing style. Everyone wanted to get to know him. That's so hard to imagine now knowing everything we do about Brett. I mean, he basically grew up so much in the public eye with his private life on display for everyone. We learned about his painkiller addiction, his wife Deanna's breast cancer, and our hearts broke when we learned about the death of his beloved father Irv And we cheered for Brett when he had the game of his life that night against the Raiders. When Steve went to visit Brett in his hometown, he really wanted to get to know Mississippi Brett, where he came from, his roots, his family. All of Favre's idiosyncrasies just fascinated Steve, and he needed to immerse himself in Brett's world to fully grasp it. Now, before we dig into the vault, you gotta let me set the scene for you. So... Picture Steve Sable sitting alongside Brett Favre on a dock with a muddy body of water behind them, both wearing shorts and white polo shirts. Now, don't forget, this is home to Brett Favre, but certainly not for Steve Sable.
5: There's no damn snakes eating yeah. up in here. What, well, they have snakes here? Full of them. Where we're sitting, they're snakes. Oh, yeah. So, What kind of snakes? Moccasin. Well, those things are poisonous, too, mm-hmm. aren't they? Yeah, they
6: won't hurt you too bad. Did you ever get bit by one of them? No, but yeah. uh, my younger brother's friend, his daughter, got
5: bit last week. Here? By a snake? No, but somewhere around here. Now, where are we? Where, 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 if, if, you, if I was going to say, where are we located? What's the name of the place we're in? We're in
6: Hancock mind? County, which is the county right next to Louisiana, on the bottom mm-hmm. left-hand corner of yeah. Mississippi. And this is called Rotten Bayou, which is... Um, like a little So creek. we're sitting
5: on the dock of the bay by Rotten Bayou? Yeah. No, no. <laughs> well, how did it get that name? I'm afraid to
6: ask. Uh, I'm not exactly sure. I, I guess a lot of dirty diapers and, and, and trash has been thrown in here. I don't know. But you, uh,
5: your dad says you fish here. Yeah. yeah. What do you catch?
6: Catch bass, perch, yeah. uh, catfish. Um, do, you, do you know how
5: to cook it? Sure. So you can skin it and everything, yeah, fillet cook, it yeah. and cook it up. Yeah, it's yeah. good.
6: Really? Alligators, gars. So turtles. there's a, there's alligators in here too, yeah.
5: right?
6: You're down south, Steve.
5: <laughs> now, not you know, New Jersey. Listen, no, I know this is so backwoods. I turned on the TV last night and they got Beverly Hillbillies on PBS. So That's I know I know I'm backwoods back here. Absolutely. But you know, everybody here has got a funny way of talking. Like this is ki- kill, right? Kill. But it's spelled k-i-l-n now and your name too is pronounced farve but it's spelled f-a-v-r-e V-E. now how what is that is that is that like a just a, pic- a peculiarity of this area or I, I think so there are some farves down here who, who uh spell their name f-a-r-v-e uh
6: my grandfather on my dad's side is full-blooded indian uh, you know i don't yeah. know if that has anything to do with it and, yeah. and then my mother's side is is kind of a French Cajun a little bit. Yeah. Um So
5: there's Your mom told me that that her dad ran a, a tavern here. His name was Benny French.
6: Sure yeah. did for years. And Hurricane Camille had wiped it out and redid it, yeah. and
5: uh, eventually sold it off to my uncle. Now the road that we drove up on is all is an all dirt road to this house. Mm-hmm. what happens when it rains? I mean, how the hell do you get in here? Well, you just
6: don't wash your car for a while. Because it does get tough. I I can remember uh, in growing up that most of the roads around here were all dirt. And and trying to get to school on a rainy day was almost impossible. So they would cancel uh, certain days of school because of, uh, like up north, you know, if it snows, uh, they'll cancel school if it's bad enough. Well, down here, if it it rains bad enough that uh, the roads are flooded and it's dirt, then you Mm -hmm. can forget it. So we always prayed
5: for rain. (laughs) The road here is named the Irwin Irwin Farm Road, right? But it doesn't—it's not spelled right. Well, they yeah. spelled it F-A-R-V-E. So how come nobody? You know, if you have a road named after you, you'd think that your dad would have gone out there and at least corrected the spelling.
6: Well, you know what? We've had the had the sign either stolen or shot at so many times. Shot at? Yeah. A mailbox. We used to go down and uh, grab mail, and the mailbox would either be bent or it'd be gone. Sometimes we'd open up and there'd be firecrackers fire that had been popped right. in it. You know, yeah. there's a lot of people around here who are proud of the things I've done. And so they some shoot people... at
5: shoot at your mailbox. Yeah, that, that's a way of showing that they're proud. Of... Well, there are some who or are jealous, just... but there's, yeah. there,
6: that's that's a uh, that's a rarity. Um, but the the for the most part, the people here are very proud and and. Uh, uh, kind of stick up for me in, in your, all areas. And
5: your family's been in this area your whole life, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, for like 30 years. Mm-hmm. You I here. was born and raised right here. Really? hmm Now, the people down here, you got a lot of funny expressions that you use. Now, I remember we mic'd you for a game, and you're warming up, and you pick up the ball, and you're going like this, and you say, this ball's slicker than owl shit. <laughs> now, how do you know how <laughs> slick that is? Well, how, you just got to
6: grow up, you know, yeah. in, in, in this type of uh, environment. You know, uh, uh yeah, you know, I've been to New Jersey and seen where you, where you yeah. hang out, um, and and to me that's different. You know, uh, my mother last night told me, "Well, if if Steve and these guys are coming down, we got to make sure we have them something that uh, they can relate to to eat." And I said, "Well, hey, I, when I go to New Jersey, I don't ask for uh, crawfish etouffee. I said, "I eat what they have." Um, so it's it's kind of like the area, you know. You go and so you kind of blend in. your mom's in. gonna have
5: a cheese steak for all the guys. I Maybe. doubt it very <laughs> seriously.
6: Red beans and rice is on Monday, yeah. Um, but yeah, we do have a lot of expressions and um you grow up in the country you hear all those things and then you start putting them together and then you you now, take them off with. if
5: if i was going to say somebody is really stupid what would be an expression that you use down here you know i, I heard your dad say something earlier we were talking he says this guy was dumber than a bag of hammers now is that is yeah that... or dumber than a bag of rocks you know
6: yeah. uh, I, I think uh um Heck, there's so many, you know, oh. but I've, I've kind of been a waste for so long. And yeah. I think when I first got to Green Bay, Mike Holmgren said, look, I can't understand this guy. So I started working on um, on my English a little bit and, yeah. and some of my sayings so he could relate to me. But we've kind of met in the middle a little bit. Yeah. Your mom said she
5: sent him a book, a, a Mississippi expression. She so did. Could, yeah. She did. And another one I heard you talk about, you were saying it was a running back, and you said that he is slower than the steam off horse manure. <laughs> <laughs> Now, is there any? Well, how about if you're talking about somebody who's really fast? Is there an expression that used for that? You know? Oh God, I don't know. No. See, you put me on the spot yeah, right yeah. now. They have to just kind yeah. of come spontaneous. All right. Well, I was just wondering if there was a, if there's any other of those kind of expressions. You of probably use know them. more of what I've said than, than I know. Yeah. Well, and all I know all your, you your favorite
6: mic mic. songs too. That's right. That's right. I gotta forget that you're mic'ing me. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! gotta yeah, love it. Can you believe a pass, Lord?
3: That was you, him. I thought you hit harder than. That.
6: Boy, I could sure use a hot dog with chili.
3: We can't catch a damn cold.
6: I don't even stretch anymore when I come out here. You think God never farted?
2: Few people were as entertaining as Brett Favre, but I can say that about him in real life, too. And by the way, over the time that I spent with him, fart jokes and references were commonplace. And occasionally, that's right, you'd get to witness one in the flesh. Very special. Let's move on here. He really had a mischievous streak no one pulled pranks like Brett Favre. One of the most devious pranks that I can recall involved freezing teammates' car doors shut in the winter. So picture this, Favre would move the unlocked cars to the far end of the team parking lot in Green Bay. He would blast the air conditioner and pour water on the door so they couldn't get in. His Packers teammates would have a long trek through the windy parking lot to find their cars sealed shut from the ice. Now, naturally, this kind of behavior, if you will, dates back to his youth, and would occasionally put him in the crosshairs of his coach, who just happened to be his father.
5: All right, now, when you were a kid, did you get in trouble a lot?
6: Uh, I don't know. Compared to other kids, probably, uh, yeah. Uh,
5: yeah, what? Yeah, you were, you did get in trouble? or you yeah. Were re-
6: Well, yeah, if you want to call it trouble, um, yeah. I was pretty mischievous, and... And all was, I was telling my uh, older brother yesterday, we went up to the old high school and was throwing uh, the football a little bit. And when we were little, we'd be at the same school. And as my dad was practicing after school, his dad a high, was a coach, right? high school football coach. We would go sneak into the cafeteria and steal milk.
5: Steal just to, milk? Just, yeah, yeah, just
6: because we could do it. Yeah. You know, it was Did no you big steal deal.
5: it just to steal it or did you drink it? No, we would drink it. You yeah. know, we'd
6: steal two or three cartons, and it was ten cents a carton. Yeah. You know, and we'd drink the milk, and then we'd go over, and then my, while my dad was practicing, we'd sneak in the locker room, we'd steal Gatorade, <laughs> or we'd yeah. steal his jocks and socks and all this stuff because we wanted to be like the grown-ups. Um, so we'd have this stuff, and we'd have it in our drawers here. And then, you know, on Sundays after the f- pro football games, we'd put them on and go out and play. Uh, now, when you were watch, when you were a kid growing up, were you a big pro football fan? Sure. Yeah. Um, we only Who's got. Who's your favorite player? Uh, probably Archie Manning. Uh, We grew up, uh, as you can tell, in an area where we only got three channels. Mm -hmm. So it was ABC, NBC, and CBS. And the only game we could get was the Saints. Mm -hmm. And uh, And those are the years the Saints were winning like one game. At the most. At the most. You know, a lot of brown paper bags were sold in this area. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, it was fun watching them. And every year you just knew that they were going to the Super Bowl that year, and they'd win two or three games. But it was was a lot of fun. And um, Archie was a great player. You know, unfortunately, he didn't get to play with a great team. Now, your dad was a football coach,
5: and he's mm-hmm. nicknamed the Hammer? N- yeah, that one of numerous nicknames. Butch, right? That's Butch. A, yeah. Was he tough to play for? Yeah, no.
6: Um, I tell people I was very fortunate to, to get a chance to play for him because um, I got a little extra. You know, mm-hmm. when other guys went home after practice and didn't talk football until the next afternoon, and we talked it on a ride home when we mm-hmm. woke up at mor- in the morning um, at supper at night. Uh, Before we went to bed, we were always talking football. And for me, uh, you know, for some kids, maybe that's too much. But for me, I enjoyed it. And uh, there were times during practice and during games where we kind of butted heads a little bit, yeah. kind of like me and Mike do now. That's that's uh, but,
5: normal though, with a quarterback yeah, and the coach. So that's yes. You thing.
6: know, the quarterback tends to think he knows everything, and, yeah. and the head coach tends to think he knows everything. So, so there is some conflict there. But I think in the long run, if if you're able to work it out, then uh, you can use it to your advantage. Now, when you went to
5: high school here, were you a quarterback or a linebacker, running back, or what?
6: Uh, quarterback played strong safety and punted and kicked mm-hmm. and. Uh, did just about everything. Yeah. Did you get a scholarship to college? Southern Mississippi. Uh, was, uh, I think two days before the, the uh, signing date, college yeah. signing date, um, our offensive line coach at Southern Miss gave me a call and said the guy that they had wanted backed out and went to a school in Florida. That Now they had an opening for me. Do I, did I want to take it? And I said, sure, because I was going to a junior college here in, in um, South Mississippi. Uh,
5: so I was very really fortunate. I was in that room, and you got... So many trophies and stuff in there, mm-hmm. you'd think that you would have been more recruited than that. That, that you know, you had a couple of these big schools after you, unless the, the, the caliber of football here isn't that good. I mean, how come all those? You got a whole trophy case of, of uh, well, well, MVPs and stuff? Mm-hmm. Uh, the caliber of football
6: in South Mississippi is very good, mm-hmm. but we're a smaller school. You, know, you got teams like Pascagoula, where Terrell Buckley and Shane Matthews. Um, What's
5: the name of that school?
6: Pascagoula. Uh-huh. Uh, which is a—it's probably a 1,500 uh, student high school, yeah. uh, where we were like 350. Mm-hmm. And then there's Gulfport High School that put out basketball players like Chris Jackson. Chris Jackson. But you were like
5: all league, and you—you you must have been. Sure, all, yeah. I was. But it was. It, so it's still surprising that you wouldn't get a—you know—an offer from from Alabama. Well, I got Old a bunch Miss, of letters. Yeah. No, it's just <laughs> just a bunch of letters. You
6: know, I piled letters up and said, you know, this is great. But when it came time to offering scholarships, I guess they said, look. Um, you know, your dad didn't throw the ball very much on your high school team. I think my senior year, I threw for 400 yards. Mm-hmm. Um, so we don't know if you can throw or not. You know, you got a strong arm, but whether or not you can, you know, you can do it on a college level, we don't know. Um, and I can see where they were coming from, but you know, we won, and mm-hmm. the bottom line was winning. And I don't think Dad really cared whether, you know, we threw and won, or we ran and mm-hmm. and won. What was
5: your uh, favorite subject in school? Math. Really? Yeah. That was that. That was a subject you looked forward to going to. Going I don't want to collect- say I looked forward to
6: it. Uh, I never looked forward to going to school. Mm-hmm. Period. But since I had to go, math was was the one hour I could get through pretty easy.
5: Now your mom tells me that you never studied. You never brought home books. Mm-hmm. But you just must. But you always had good grades. Yeah. How'd uh, you
6: do that? Well, I always felt like uh, when I left school that now it was time to, you know, to play. Yeah. So I said, "Heck, I'll do all my homework at school. I'll study at school. I'll well, will We must have class. paid
5: attention in class. Yeah, I? I paid
6: attention. I went ten years of, of uh, grade school without missing a day of school. Um, so you never missed a day of school. No.
5: What happens when it rained and and the and the road got muddy? Well, here if here and school you could... was canceled, oh, okay, then, then so then I would miss. Right.
6: But but if, if
5: if school was going on, then I went. Mm-hmm. Your mom seems to me to be the real athlete in the because you have two brothers that are good athletes, and your mom is, you know, she must, because I think all good athletes get it from their mother's side as opposed to their father's.
6: Well, you know, I think both of them would like to bargain for that, uh, <laughs> for, for that, uh, that statement. But, you know, I think a little bit of both. My mother was a basketball player back when they played, uh, I think it was six-man basketball mm-hmm. or something. Um, she's not that old, but my goodness, six-man basketball. And then my dad, of course, he likes to think that uh, he likes to boast around town that I got my arm from him. Um, he was a pitcher in college at Southern Mississippi and, and also played football. But it was, was kind of unusual that he played receiver, and
5: all three of his sons played quarterback. Now, what about your, your grandma? She, had, she has an interesting past, too. Yeah. Me, Meemaw? Meemaw. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, she knew Al Capone? Uh, Mimo is up here on the dock.
6: Here, yeah, she's listening. Uh, She, yeah, I don't know too many people. She doesn't know. Yeah, Uh, but she, you're right. She has a very unique uh, past
5: and present. Okay, is that right, Mimo? I didn't hear that. What did he say? He said you have a very unique past and present. (laughs) (laughs) That was funny. To go back for a second, do you remember your first experiences playing football as a kid? Sure. Yeah. The, the, oh, yeah. I can
6: remember the, f- the first game I ever played in just like it was yesterday. What happened? Well, the, the f- first of all, it was a, uh, as we call it, a jamboree. It was three games in one day. Yeah. Uh, I was a fifth grader. And you play like a quarter against one team, a quarter against another team, and then a half against mm-hmm. the uh, third team. And I had my uniform on and... and uh, it was funny because my dad said, Well, I got to get a haircut first.
5: Your dad told you you had to get a haircut? No,
6: he had to get a haircut, yeah. and he was taking me to the game. He yeah. wasn't my coach. Now, if he had been my coach, he would have been there an hour before. Mm-hmm. So we go and get a. Uh, I go sit in the barber uh, shop with full uniform on, and he's. And wait sitting, for your dad to, wait get, for him to get his crew cut. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and, and I didn't have a watch on, but I knew that the game was supposed to start about 11 o'clock. And uh, it was about 10.30, and we were about 30 minutes away. Mm-hmm. So I'm getting all nervous. You know, I'm nervous enough that i got to play a game because I've never played mm-hmm. one before. And uh, here he my dad's falling asleep in a barber chair trying to get a haircut. So finally, he gets done. He says, oh, don't worry about it, son. We'll get there. So we pull up, and, and our old pickup truck that had a extension wire held to the, the passenger door yeah. to keep it from, from flying open. Yeah. You know, yeah. it wouldn't even lock anymore. Um, so I jump out. I run out on the field, and they'd already started playing. I was a split in, um, and I wasn't quarterback. They put me in, like, the first play I think I was in, it was the first or second play. The guy threw one to me, and I jumped up and caught it, and I came down on top of the ball and knocked the, the wind yeah. out of me. Now, if you've ever had the wind knocked out of you, you, know, you think you're dying. Oh, yeah, especially the first time. Oh, yeah. yeah. You, know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm crying now because I'm late. Now I'm really crying because now I think I'm dying because I can't breathe. And... Uh, and I jumped up after I started crying. Everyone came out to see if I was okay. You know, they pick you up by your pants. Yeah. Not the whole, you know, the whole deal. Cheerleaders are looking. And I said, uh, I don't want to play this position anymore. I said, can I play quarterback? So they put me in a quarterback, and we were running the, the wishbone. And I think I ran three touchdowns in that day. And the last one I ran in, I got the guy... You know, we had the you had your frugal looms on, yeah. and you just you your a your strap no. Right, no, no, you know, fifth grade, and then you pull your pants over, them you had those snap-in pads. Yeah, just snapped in hip button, the other side pad, and he the guy tackled me as I went in end zone and just
0: pulled them right down. And I was sitting there in my underwear <laughs> in the end zone. Uh, you go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So, when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill, so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring body wash and bar soap, fresh, green, Irish, shop now at a store near you.
6: <laughs> so, yeah, dude, that was I'm a
0: lying. unique
5: end zone celebration. It yeah, was. Yeah. yeah, I can't do that anymore, <laughs> though. Now, when you were you were growing up and you were living in this house, you had all three of your brothers lived in the same room, right? Right. But did you all sleep in the same bed? That must have been a little. Lo-
6: no, I had a little single bed. My uh, older and younger brothers slept together in a, in a king-size bed. Well, how how did you get the single? I mean, if you
5: think your older brother would have gotten that, how did you well, rate
6: that? My, uh, my two brothers like to snuggle, as they call yeah. it. I was never a big snuggler, oh, yeah. so I said, look, you guys can snuggle in the big bed. I'll take the single bed. <laughs>
5: <laughs> now, th- three guys, too. What about all the laundry and stuff? You guys must have ended up picking up, you know, wearing each other's clothes and stuff. Did you yeah. have, like, name tags, like, for your guys? Well, for... see, I would always mark my
6: stuff, and uh, Scott and Jeff would never mark theirs. They didn't care. Yeah. When you marked it, would you write
5: Brett on the on the back of the...
6: I, I'd usually write BF on it, yeah. um, and, and Scott and Jeff wouldn't do it. But occasionally I'd see them walking around the house with BF on their mm-hmm. underwear, yeah. or their T-shirt, or our shoes, because yeah. me and Scott's always worn the same pair of shoes, and uh, you know I would get very angry because we'd all. If go somebody to our, else
5: is wearing your underpants. Yeah,
6: well, it's, now I'm pretty used to it because <laughs> I've, I've I've bought about
5: 40 <laughs> pair of underwear, yeah. and that way I can. Would well, you wear the jockeys or the or the trunks? I kind of got the. You don't I, have to show it. I kind of got the half deal. Yeah, you you know, know, the
6: half underwear, yeah. half boxers. Yeah. What are they called? The halfway. You, Joe Boxers or something something like that. I don't even know.
2: Well, I can't say I've always wanted to know if Brett Favre was a boxers or briefs kind of guy, but gotta love that Steve had such a curious mind, even though I must admit I am still cracking up that he asked a grown man about his underpants. When we come back, we'll hear about Brett's college and pro experiences, and I promise you, no more underwear talk. Not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing.
7: Build the team that will build your business. With Upwork, you can find top developers, designers, project managers, and more who can start today so your business can succeed tomorrow. Hire at home or in 180 countries around the world to find the right talent for whatever your business needs. Upwork, the world's work marketplace. Learn more at www.upwork.com. You want the confidence of knowing that the people,
1: places, and things that matter to you are protected. At KIDA, they're bringing you that confidence in smarter ways than ever before. Introducing the Kitta Smoke and Carbon Monoxide Alarm with smart features. The alarm connects with the KIDA app to bring real-time information on potential issues and alarm status right to your fingertips. It alerts you to both smoke and carbon monoxide using a single alarm and includes features like 10-year battery backup for peace of mind, whole home alarm activation, so when any alarm goes off, all alarms will sound and send a mobile notification, and the convenience of voice control capabilities. The Kidda Smoke and Carbon Monoxide Alarm with smart features is just the latest innovation from a trusted fire safety leader for more than 100 years. Explore Kidda today and take control of a safer home. Visit KIDA.com saferhome today to learn more. That's KIDDE.com slash Safer Home today.
2: Welcome back to NFL Films Tales from the Vault. Brett Favre's toughness has always been legendary. His determination to never miss a game ultimately led to 321 consecutive starts, including the playoffs, the most in league history. But for those that don't know, that streak and his toughness are even more impressive when you learn about his near-death experience prior to his senior year in college. It's been written about, but hearing it from the mouth of Brett Favre is chilling.
5: When you went to, to college and then you had that automobile accident, mm-hmm. how did that happen? Uh, basically, you probably
6: drove right past it because it's yeah. only about seven-tenths of yeah. a mile from where we're sitting right now. That sounded like a horrible accident. Well, it You're... was. Uh, I'm very fortunate, but also... Um, very unfortunate um that was at a time once again back when the 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 road now it's been redone Mm -hmm. and at one time it was real gravel and and uh like loose dirt Mm -hmm. and i was coming home i was actually coming here and uh there's a sharp curve and went around the curve probably was was going faster than i should have been but you know i'd Mm -hmm. done that a million times and caught the uh uh, like the shoulder of the of the dirt, you can see coming down this road. if right. you, you know, if you lose it, you know, mm-hmm. you're done, and just lost control and tried to pull it back on the road. And when I did, and went off the other side, flipped three times and hit a pine
5: tree. The car flipped, flipped. in the air three right. times. Yeah, Yeah, went down into an. So That's like one of those die-hard crashes. That yeah. You it in the like movies the fall guy. Yeah. The fall guy. Yeah. yeah. It looked like
6: the fall yeah. guy, except uh, I came away with a few more injuries than than he would. Uh, but it was July 14th of 1990. And was going into what I'd hoped to be, you know, like a Heisman Trophy mm-hmm. uh, senior season, uh, whether or That's not I Southern would, Miss Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, a small school. We had a, a good schedule, mm-hmm. playing Alabama, yeah. Auburn, uh, Georgia, those type of schools, and and was hoping that that would propel me into to the yeah. NFL. So we had a good chance. Um, I came away with 30 inches of intestines being removed, fractured vertebrae in my back, mm-hmm. uh, numerous cuts and bruises, and and other things. Um, but ended up playing on our second game, September 8th. You, how many weeks after the accident was that? Well, I had the surgery August 8th to uh, remove okay. the intestines. And then you played, played how many? Played four weeks later against four, Alabama. Did
5: the doctor say it was okay for you to do it? No, that?
6: they told me I, I needed to sit out the whole year. And you, just, and you played four weeks Four weeks later. Yeah. Because I, you know I, they said, well, why don't you just take a redshirt year? Uh, because I hadn't redshirted yeah. yet. And just sit out and come back the following year. Uh, you know, ready and uh, probably better than you ever, ever have been. And I said, well, you know, this is supposed to be my year. And I am I think if I can come back and prove to everyone that if I can play after everything that's happened, then I can play in any mm-hmm. any time. Um, and they said, well, it won't be done. I mean, you're just in too bad a shape. You know, I'd lost 35 pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, so I proved them wrong and came back and played, and we played
5: Alabama that, that day and beat them. Mm-hmm. Then you went on to the NFL. Mm-hmm and you get drafted by the Falcons. Jerry Mm -hmm. Glanville's a coach. Now, I know Jerry Glanville, and I I know you pretty well, and you'd think that that'd be a good combination, you know, and it wasn't. What happened? How come that didn't work out? Well, the way I look at it,
6: the old saying, opposite attracts. Yeah. That's true. Me and Mike Holmgren are totally opposite, Mm -hmm. but we get along very well. Me and Jerry, were too much alike. Mm-hmm. You know, Atlanta wasn't big enough for the yeah. two of us. And, and obviously he had a lot more power than I had, so I was gone and yeah. he stayed. Um, you know, How would
5: you walk... describe your lifestyle when you were
6: in Atlanta then, when you were just... Oh, it was uh, um, free-spirited, you know, mm-hmm. uh, having fun, going out every night. I had friends from high school who lived there. Uh, my brother was living with me. Yeah. Um, I was 20 years old, half the season. Um, had all this money and, and a lot of time. Yeah. And we just we went and played golf every day, and we went out at night, and um, you know, I showed up for meetings and did everything I was asked to do, but there was no interest there. You know, I didn't From really Jerry, he didn't, he didn't. Well, had no interest from him, and none from me. I mean, I, I was never really given a chance other than playing a little bit in preseason, and then they brought in Billy Joe Tolliver, and, and I was never told why he was he was put in the second string, and I was made third without you know oh. ever uh, you know a, a battle for it, um, but. It, I think that's the best thing that ever happened to me was getting a chance to play
5: for Atlanta. When Jerry Glanville said that that Brett Favre was unteachable, that you had a bunch of teachers here that read it and sent a letter to him saying that you were really a good student and that wasn't you know that wasn't the right way to describe you.
6: Absolutely, I had about five or six teachers who who wrote letters. Um, I had elementary teachers, junior high teachers, and high school teachers who wrote to him um, and and.
5: Basically set him straight. Mm -hmm. All right, going to going now. We're to Green Bay. How would you describe your relationship with with uh, Mike? Well, it was it started off very
6: rocky and Mm -hmm. and difficult uh, because we were we were so different.
5: And the way I look at it, and I could be wrong. You say you're really different. I mean, describe you and describe Mike. Why you say you're that different?
6: Well, I'm from here. I'm from South Mississippi. Mike's from San Francisco, and most people. Uh, in the united states maybe not most people but have been to san francisco before they've been to south mississippi Mm -hmm. um and then if they came to south mississippi they'd see a big difference i mean everything here is so slow Mm -hmm. and no one gets in a hurry there's no traffic i never saw a taxi cab until i left high school Mm -hmm. um we basically eat cajun food around here Mm -hmm. it's it's either fried shrimp or red beans and rice or edufe po boys po boys or uh, shrimp creole, something like that. You know, well, in Jersey.
5: Know. All we have is diners, so you just talk about fried eggs Right. And bacon you know, you guys. That's fries. right. You guys yeah.
6: jump out of a cab, grab a Philly beef and cheese steak, and then yeah. you jump back in the cab and you go off. That's right. You know, here we just take our time. We ride into town, mm-hmm. eat a nice po' boy, and you drink a bark root beer. Yeah. Um, and and that's basically your day. Um, and people here talk real slow, and they have their own unique sayings. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's kind of how they deal with things. Mm-hmm. I mean, just real slow, and then. Here's Mike, who is basically used to a fast lifestyle in mm-hmm. San Francisco and coaching at BYU, uh, winning Super Bowls, mm-hmm. coaching Joe Montana, you know the best mm-hmm. quarterback to ever play the game, then Steve Young, um, who may be the second best to ever mm-hmm. play, and then to uh, to go to Green Bay, which obviously was a big change for him, mm-hmm. um, and then have Brad Favre come in, who was just totally unpolished. Mm-hmm. And to try, you know, I'm, I'm sure that's the, the the biggest job he's had yet, was to try to make me into a, a, a great quarterback. Mm-hmm. And he he's, he's done a, a hell of a What's job. He, what
5: did he try to do? What did he, he focus on in the beginning? Well, I too?
6: think it, at first, he maybe took it a little fast. Yeah. You know, and, and, and because he was so used to, to everything being perfect mm-hmm. and, and winning games
5: and winning the Super Bowls that he thought he could come right in and do that. But what about um, you? I mean, you obviously were a good student in school. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could pick things up. You'd think that, that uh, you'd be a quick study.
6: Well, I was, but, you know, I had to. The third game of the season, I had to play. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is an offense that I'm still learning. I mean, yeah. um, it's, it's been four years. Um, and we... Basically, when we went in, we tried to, to do everything at once. And, and I say, we, Mike, and, and the offensive coaches try to say, okay, here it is. Here's 150 mm-hmm. pass plays we're going into this game with. Mm-hmm. And I thought, God, this is the way it's supposed to be. This is going to be very difficult. Mm-hmm. Well, eventually, over a couple of years, now we're going with 75. We've actually backed off. Mm-hmm. We said, let's learn these first mm-hmm. and then go on to these. In the, in the first couple of months there, it was not like that. Mm-hmm. And I, my head was swimming. And I said, God, maybe I'm just an idiot. Yeah. Come to find out that, that every guy that's ever went through this offense has is, is, had that yeah. problem. But every guy that's ever went through this offense had a chance to wait. Montana didn't start in his first year. Steve Young definitely yeah. didn't start in his first year. But I had to start in our third game. Yeah. Um, and, and my head was swimming. I was learning on the run. And that's that's the most was difficult. Was that the
5: game against the Bengals?
6: It was a game against the Bengals. And the you league.
5: won that with uh, you know we we got I'm sure you've seen that shot. We got that great shot of you in the right winning in the touch corner. Thing. Yeah.
6: Oh yeah. yeah, I've seen it a million times. And I played horrible up until that last drive. Mm-hmm. I was fumbling. I had dropped interceptions. Everything. And then uh, uh, at the end of the game, Mike called some basic plays, and he mm-hmm. kept repeating them, and it worked. And then gradually we started working in in things that we could do as a team.
5: Well, are you the kind of quarterback that likes it when a play breaks down and then you got to be on your own resources to make it work? Well, I don't want to say I like it, but
6: but if that happens, I feel very comfortable in doing it. Um, I'd love to be able to drop back, have a perfect pocket, read for three or four seconds, make a throw. But that's not going to happen. So I've always prided myself on on knowing before I go into a game that there's going to be times where a guy breaks free. You know, as great Mm -hmm. as our offensive line is, Mm -hmm. somebody's going to break free. The guys across them are pretty good. So what do you do next? Mm -hmm. You know, I don't look at it as, okay, I'm going to go into this game. Everything's going to be perfect. If I get rushed, I'll just throw it away. You make most of your big plays when you leave the pocket. Now, you don't have to be modest on this one. You think you have a strong arm? Yeah, I do. Mm -hmm. You know, I've worked... Ever since I was a little kid, I've worked on, on throwing as far as anyone else, and that's as that's hard or as far as far, which enabled me to throw. You know, it, it, in the sixth grade, if I could throw 50 yards, that meant I could throw 30 pretty hard, and then it just gradually got. You know, I don't work when I, when I try to make my arm strong. I don't take 30 yard passes and just throw as hard as I can. I go about 70 yards and try to throw it. 70 yards. 70 yards, and just throw it as many times as I can until my arm is
5: about to fall off. <laughs> um, do you ever have the criticism thrown at you that you throw the ball too hard? At one point, but n- but not anymore. Um,
6: I always knew I could throw a touch ball. But a touch ball, is, you explain that. What do you uh, mean? Like uh, a, being a little screen throw, pass? A little well, you know, every you throw a football any person in the world, and when they throw it back to you, they probably throw it hard. Mm-hmm. But it's but a touch pass is when a guy's 20, 15, 10 um, yards away, and you're able to just lob it in
5: there perfect like throwing a dart sort of no no a dart is more of a yeah. you know it's, like it's, that right it's, well know, darts is probably a big game right here I shouldn't have said that you're probably pretty good at that See, I don't, not
0: really
6: yeah uh, because I like to drill it you yeah. know and then you can't pull the darts out of the board <laughs> but a touch pass is, is it is hard to do you know if a guy's running away from you and there's a guy guarding mm-hmm. him but he's two yards behind him Obviously you can't drill it because you'll hit yeah. the the defender, but you got to be able to touch it in like mm-hmm. a rainbow.
3: Yeah.
6: Uh, and it is a hard pass to make, but uh, I feel that that I can throw it as well as anyone. But uh, if someone sees me throw one as hard as I possibly can, they yeah. think that kid's got no touch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know. So.
5: But you got an interesting motion because you really like come right over the top like that. Is that something that came naturally to you, or it just came natural?
6: Um, and God, you know, I'm lucky that that it did because it's one of the best things that's ever happened to me it was my release because mm. it's a quick release it's short and it's snappy but
5: also, you know, there's a lot of mm-hmm. velocity behind it. Now, playing quarterback, do you think it's better to have a strong arm or to be able to make quick decisions?
6: I think quick decisions. Yeah. Because almost every play is a quick decision. You know, if you if you have a strong arm but you're 2 seconds late, mm-hmm. you can forget it. Mm-hmm. You know, nowadays the guys are so good You know, some of your best athletes are cornerbacks nowadays. Mm -hmm. And, you know, these guys are getting better and better each year. And having a strong arm just doesn't cut it anymore. You have to have a lot of timing um, and, like you said, quick decisions. Um, You got to know before your guy and the defender knows Mm -hmm. where.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.
5: How are you going? But as having a strong as arm as you do, that can work against you, can't it? Because you can get overconfident right. and you just figure out the guy's open and you can force it. Right. Right. It's kind of like baseball. You
6: take a pitcher who can throw 95. He he has no junk. You know, mm-hmm. He can't throw a good curveball, not a good changeup. He, he throws the ball so hard he thinks he can overpower every guy steps mm-hmm. to the plate. Mm-hmm.
5: So he just drills a fastball in there. Eventually some guy's going to knock it out of the park. Now if we were going to look at all the interceptions that you've thrown in the last three years, what do you think would be the cause of most of them? Either you made a bad read, your receiver made a bad read, or maybe you decided to force the ball in this might be the first plane ever to fly over kill mississippi right i I haven't heard a sound right could be they may have heard that steve sable is in town and they're trying (laughs) to get you know that could be hard copy
6: (laughs) but you're right you're right they don't fly around too often but uh,
5: go ahead continue what we were talking Um, about um
6: it's almost every interception i've ever thrown has been forced Mm -hmm. and that's no one to blame but myself uh and I can almost tell you the play every time
5: you know it's it's, it's one of those things like the minute you let it go you say oh no I, this right thing.
6: yeah and they're all, mostly all down the middle very yeah. rarely do you see some of my balls being picked off on the outside by a cornerback mm-hmm. like a, a throw that's behind or late mm-hmm. usually it's a it's a throw that's been lobbed through the middle mm-hmm. you know, it's once again a touch pass which probably was not an accurate pass but you you always hear you never hang the ball up in the middle mm-hmm. because
5: there's always someone roaming around mm-hmm. You know what? Uh, um, John Brody used to play quarterback for the 49ers. Mm-hmm. used to call that pass a St. Luke's pass when it's hanging up over the middle because whoever's going to catch it is going to end up in the hospital because you're going to, you know, right? Hang you're going to get
6: your guy killed or you're going to yeah. throw an interception mm-hmm. unless you just it's I mean, it's a perfect throw and it's on time. Mm-hmm. And that's hard to do over the
5: middle. Is that the toughest pass for you to throw?
6: It is. It's um, I like that pass because you know it's 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 kind of the way I've I've grown up. I like to to do you know when I was playing touch football growing up and we'd be out in the yard playing. It'd be ten guys wide open, mm-hmm. but I'd always throw the guy who was covered because that was the hard one <laughs> yeah, to do. Yeah. And then when you completed, everyone go whoo, that's yeah, pretty good. Yeah. And that's kind of got me in trouble today. Uh, you know, a guy looks kind of wide open down the middle, but but I know it's a tough pass. I'll try to make it. And I just got to learn that throwing down the middle is, is, is probably the worst place to throw.
2: Ultimately, Favre ended up with a much more ignominious record than his consecutive game streak. Most interceptions thrown in NFL history with 336. So this reminds me of a conversation I had with Brett just a few years ago. We were talking about the quarterback he thinks most resembles him in the game today, and it's Patrick Mahomes. Of course, both Favre and Mahomes coached by Andy Reid. So Favre had said to Reid, it's got to be a lot easier coaching Patrick Mahomes than it is me. And Reid said, no. So Favre says, Andy, you're just being too kind. He never throws interceptions. I mean, what fun is that? As a coach, don't you want a little stress every once in a while? As Favre said, he gave Andy plenty. Well, when we come back, Steve hits Brett with a couple of of out-of-left-field questions that you have to hear to believe.
7: Build the team that will build your business. With Upwork, you can find top developers, designers, project managers, and more who can start today so your business can succeed tomorrow. Hire at home or in 180 countries around the world to find the right talent for whatever your business needs. Upwork, the world's work marketplace. Learn more at www.upwork.com.
3: We're on to the divisional round of the NFL playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any team. That's just $5. And get 280 in free bets if your team wins. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DK1 and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just five bucks and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code DK1 for 56 to 1 odds at DraftKings Sportsbook. An official sports betting partner of the NFL. 21 plus minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for the full list of requirements and state specific responsible gaming resources. Void were prohibited. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the TN red line, 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369.
2: Brett Favre has always been a natural storyteller In fact, over the years, any time that we would sit with him in a television production meeting Or even in a casual setting, he would start to spin a yarn, as he might say You know, he'd start talking about something And you'd wonder how we'd even gotten on this subject And of course, oftentimes, it would be some crazy story about his childhood So when you hear these next two stories, this was not unusual for Brett
5: now, your mom was showing me around the house earlier, and there were a lot of these candles around here. What, what was that for? All these different, like, white candles that looked like a voodoo kind of shrine or something. Do you, do you know? My goodness, I don't know. Yeah, well, your mom said something that, that a psychic...
6: Uh... Well, I had a, yeah, and I don't know if mom still does that, but a couple of years ago, this psychic told me. Uh, it was right when I was throwing these 24 interceptions type thing, and she said, Next year, you're going to have a great season. This was going into my third year. She goes, but you gotta light candles all week long. So of course, so they're still here, right? Of course, people would ride by my house and had smoke coming out of windows (laughs) and chimneys and all this stuff. Uh, But I told my mom about it, and uh, a couple other friends knew about it. So everyone was lighting candles. Mm -hmm. Sure enough, I threw thirty-three touchdowns and like seventeen interceptions, and we went to the playoffs, won the first round. Well, then she told me. Uh, mid-season that year that this is not going to be your best year that next year is going to be even better the psychic said that yeah and she said just continue lighting candles and believe and all the stuff that that you're going to do it which I've always done but I never lit candles before so you know I lit some more candles and after a while I kind of quit doing a little bit I kind of got you know a little embarrassed you know guys would come over and you know like you know I had a harem going (laughs) Uh, but sure enough last year was MVP season and um so maybe
5: you know, Mom and everyone else is still doing it. All right, I want to ask you a real serious question. You look back at your life, and there's time you had that accident, and you've been in an operating table, and you've had seizures, and you've been near death. Mm-hmm. If you had died, and you hadn't had the opportunity to communicate to let your last words with somebody, what would you regret not having told someone? If you'd have died in that car accident, or on that when you had your knee operated on. Is there something that you would have regretted not communicating to someone then if you'd have died right there? Um, I don't know. I mean, that's a tough question. I know. I told you it was a tough question. You, know? you
6: didn't tell me coming in you was going <laughs> to ask me something like that. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, you know, I never thought about it that yeah. way. Um, you know, I guess I just want people to know, you know, how, how hard it is to, to, to play the, the sport I do and how hard it's taken me to get here and that, I, you know, I am a good person, and, and uh, a lot of people that I went to high school with, a lot of people that I grew up with around here, I, you know, I don't see much anymore. Uh-huh. And I think they probably uh, would assume that, you know, Brett's stuck up, and uh-huh. now that he makes money, you know, he's too good for us and all uh-huh. that, you know, which is totally false. You know, I think, if anything, people have changed around me uh-huh. because they assume too much. Um, and you know, and I, I wish it wasn't that way but I bet a lot of celebrities and, and athletes could could relate to that uh-huh. because we're basically the same person if anything a little more humble a little more modest um, and fortunate you know I'm very fortunate uh, because I grew up just like everyone else around here and I just uh-huh. want people to know that um, and, and, and treat me as such and not treat me any different and I know that's hard for people to do but um, you know if, if anything that I, one thing I've tried to do is give back to, to people. You know, mm-hmm. whether it's here in, in Mississippi, whether it's in Green Bay, or United States in general, I try to do a lot of things for other people, family members, mm-hmm. friends, um, and a lot of that goes unnoticed. You know, a lot of the negative things that we do as athletes and celebrities makes a paper, and that's mm-hmm. the big deal. Um, and that's the unfortunate thing about what, what we do. Why
5: is it so important to you to be so tough to be able? Throw up blood against the Steelers and keep playing. Play on an ankle against the Bears. You can hardly walk. I mean, is that part of being a quarterback? Something that you don't talk? People don't talk about. We're you talking about how you make quick decisions, mm-hmm. how to have a, a strong arm. But what about the, the toughness? That seems to be so important that you, you to you. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't think it's
6: part of being a quarterback. Although nowadays there there are more tough quarterbacks uh, than several years back. Uh, you know, we could name a bunch. But it's just part of, of my mentality and how I grew up. I, mean, I wasn't able to be hurt um, unless I really was hurt. You, know, you get the wind knocked out of you. My dad's over there screaming at me, get up. Mm-hmm. You know, we play, I played baseball for him in summer league ball when I was 18 and got hit you know, in the growing area, in the mm-hmm. midsection. And, and it basically knocked me down at shortstop. And if you've ever been hit there, you mm-hmm. know what it feels like. Yeah. My dad's screaming from the dugout, throw the damn ball. <laughs> so I had to throw it before I laid down <laughs> and started throwing up on, on, on a shortstop. I couldn't lay there, you know, like other guys. Um, and then eventually I didn't want to. It, there was one point where I wanted to get the attention and I wanted to lay down and have everyone uh, look at you and, and wonder, God, is he okay? And when you got up, they clapped for you. you know, well, Terry
5: Bradshaw thing. could really do that. Oh, yeah, yeah,
6: he could play it up bigger yeah. than anyone. But, you know, I don't like to do that. Uh, I mean, there was one point where I did um, because I think my team needs me too much and, and I want to be out there.
5: We talked to a lot of great players. I think we just were talking to Walter Payton and he was saying there's a little voice inside him that says you, you got to do better. You got to do better. I asked Emmett Smith the same question about do mm-hmm. you have a little voice inside of you and he says, "Yeah, it's make it happen. Make it happen." Do you have some little like a conscience or like a little thing um, on your ca- shoulder? Ca- like of uh, like uh,
6: Walter Payton, you can do better. You know, as, as well as I played last year, we didn't win the Super Bowl, so uh, there's some room for improvement.
1: Mm-hmm.
6: Okay.
5: That's it.
2: A little over six months after his interview with Steve, Brett won his first and only Super Bowl, beating the Patriots in New Orleans, about two hours from where this interview took place. Over the years, Favre has done many an interview with NFL Films, but nothing will top Steve and Brett sitting on the dock of the Rotten Bayou, talking family and football. Now, next week, we'll hear from one of Brett's top rivals in the 90s, another Hall of Fame quarterback, the Cowboys' Troy Aikman. Thanks for taking this trip with me into the NFL Films Vault. Hope you'll join us again next week. I'm Andrea Kramer.
4: America's most reliable network is going ultra. With Verizon 5G Ultra Wideband in more and more places. With up to 10 times faster speeds, you can download a movie in mere minutes. Wait, what? Yes, Verizon is going ultra. So you can too. 5G Ultra Wideband available in select areas. Most reliable based on rankings from the Root Metrics U.S. Root Score Report dated first half 2021. Excluding C-band and not specific to 5G networks. Your results may vary. Not an endorsement. Speed comparison to median Verizon 4G LTE speeds. Downloads vary based on network conditions and 5G content optimization.
7: Brought to you by Upwork, where you can build the team that will build your business. Learn more at Upwork.com.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day.